recording in the calm between the storms. Welcome to and pod. of Hand of Pod. I did say that in the email, didn't I? And I said it again on the tweet earlier, and it still doesn't actually feel real, but I must have checked it before, so that must be the number. Uh, I'm Sam, and I'm joined this week by Andres. Hello, welcome. Chris. Hello, how's it going? An English town. Hello. And uh, we are here to bring you the news of what happened nearly a week ago, and also just a few days ago. Um, and a couple of hours. And a couple and of an hours hour ago. ago. Yeah. So much the, content. In the Copa de la Liga and, as I would like to be clear, in the Liga Profesional de Football, because although Colón versus Gimnasia, slight spoiler alert there, uh, is listed on all of the apps that I've seen as uh, a Copa de la Liga match, it wasn't really. Oh. Um, but we'll get on to that yes. in a second. After, yes, I love it. After I've read out the results from last weekend. By the way, we were planning to record on Wednesday evening. Um, but I'm going to let Dan decide whether he wants to actually share the circumstances. It's Friday evening and we're recording this. We had to delay by 48 hours. Um, let me get a drink in me first. Yeah, maybe in the second half. Maybe too. Um, anyway, last weekend the scores were as follows. Platense uh, 1, San Miento 0, Banfield 2, Gimnasia 0, Union 1, Tigre 0 and Belles 3, Colón 1. Those four matches were all played simultaneously because those were the four matches that had the most impact, or well, really any impact, on the relegation battle. Um, and therefore, that resulted in Colón and Gimnasia being tied at the bottom of the... Well, <laughs> tied for second bottom in the annual table, because of course, as I said, were already relegated on both the annual table and the average table, and therefore having to play a relegation playoff, which is the match I just mentioned not really part of the Copa de la Liga as such, it's just a first division. Union are the ones who were also complicated and they're safe. Right? Um, it also had playoff implications. It did, yeah, because Vélez, it was in Vélez who won it and then right. who won and got through. Ah, Platense's win took them into um, the playoff spots. As well. Oh, Banfield as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Um, took them into the playoff spots. But the other matches uh, with playoff implications took place also simultaneously in each group and over the next couple of days and because they didn't involve relegation it wasn't quite as important so I guess they sort of had those ones first um, and those were for group A Arsenal 1 Rosario Central 2 Atletico Tucumán 0 Huracán 2 Tacheres 3 Independiente 2 and River 0 Instituto 0 um, which means that Huracán end up winning group A as I think we all probably mm. uh, predicted right the way through the campaign, knew that was going to happen. River finished second in Group A, Banfield and Rosario Central finished third and fourth on goal difference ahead of Independiente, um, who just missed the cut for the quarterfinals. I think we're in the playoffs or even top of the group yes. pretty much there was a from the second yes. round up till the 
11th or 12th, or up to the final round, of course. Aha. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll take your word for it, because of course I wasn't here for most of that time. Um, there was not any particular drama in their match with Tacheres because they actually went 3-0 down before getting to... They the gave it a good go right if, at the end. If they got an equaliser, yeah. of course, they would have finished in third in yes. the group. I, I know an independent supporter who suggested that the players wanted to go on vacations. That was... That's why they lost to, to the I Shire. believe I saw an interview with Tevez afterwards saying that it was like the worst that he'd seen them perform um, since he'd taken over as well. But don't quote me on that in case I'm wrong. But I believe, believe that was what he said. I'm afraid you've just put it on a podcast, Chris. So. Oh, God. Um, on Sunday, Group B was decided. And it was decided with the following results. Godoy Cruz 1, Boca Juniors 2, San Lorenzo 2, Central Cordoba 0. Estudiantes 1, Lanús 1, Newells 3, Defensa y Justicia 0, and then I think a little bit later, right, than, than those four simultaneous no. matches, Racing played Belgrano. Boca was on Sunday. Of course, yeah, Boca, that's right, yeah, Boca played last thing on Saturday because yes. Godoy Cruz were already assured of qualification and Boca were already assured not to qualify, so that didn't need to be played. So the other four matches, San Lorenzo Central Cordoba, Estudiantes Lanús. Uh, Newells versus Defensive Justicia and Racing 4, Belgrano 1 all took place at the same time. And those results mean that Racing leapfrog Godoy Cruz into first position. I believe leapfrog, right? Godoy Cruz started the weekend in yes. first, didn't they? Yes. Um, of Group B, Godoy Cruz finished second, Belgrano finished third, and Platense finished fourth. No goal difference there. Central Cordoba were one point behind Platense in fifth place. And on Monday evening, to round out the Copa de la Liga group stage, Barracas Central and Argentinos Juniors drew 1-1 in Barracas. Um, well, one thing to note from that game that uh, Ivan Tapia scored the goal for um, for Barracas Central, son of Chiqui Tapia. Oh, yeah. no nepotism. Still the first. I think he, he scored, I don't know if against River once, but yes, he scored three or four goals overall, I think. Hmm. <coughs> we should mention as well that while... San Lorenzo's victory over Central Cordoba wasn't enough to get them into the playoffs. It was enough to secure them a Libertadores spot. Ah, thank you. Right. Yeah, we'll go into Copa qualification later, but that hasn't occurred to me to mention it. Just it's all still a bit convoluted because we've got the Copa Argentina, we've got the Copa de la Liga, the playoffs coming yes, up. But we do know that San Lorenzo will be there. And mm-hmm. for now, Boca will not. Mm. And we also know that Colón will not be in next year's Liga Profesional because Ooh. a couple of hours before we recorded they well in fact about an hour ago pretty much exactly the match ended um, they lost 1-0 to Gimnasia in Rosario in the tiebreaker to decide who went down Nicolas Colasso scored the only goal of the game um, with a couple of minutes left before the break um, you were saying Andres. no yes from Golazo oh, okay. I, I, missed, I missed the first half so I, I didn't see it please describe it to us he was uh, from I think left left uh, footed uh, middle distance shot right to them so yes a nice goal to, to decide they the, they are uh, staying at first division I know this isn't a uh, like a visual uh, podcast, but right, just to describe what we have here in the situation is uh, Dan's TV on and some very, very ecstatic Gimnasia fans uh, in Rosario. and Very wet fans earlier. Yeah. Uh, it was pissing it down in Rosario just like it was in Buenos Aires, hmm. by the looks of things. 
strange situation that they had to play in Rosario when Colonies from Santa Fe. It, not not the well, same. Yeah, it's not a particularly long trip, for them, was it? Yeah, yeah so it's probably not far from being expeditious. I mean, because it's a it's a fair trek from Rosario up to Santa Fe. It's not next door by any means because mm. they're on different rivers, aren't they? Oh yeah, Colon have to go across the, the province, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. So still, uh, equidistant is. I mean, as equidistant oh, as Oh, it's actually, could. it's closer to equidistant than I thought. It isn't. Colon are closer, but yeah. yeah, it's closer to equidistant than I thought. Yeah, you're right. Because there's not really any other place you could play it, like, in the middle. Yeah. Just, just to be clear, in case anyone's wondering what we're going on about, Rosario is just across the river from Santa Fe, but it's just across the river from the province of Santa Fe, <laughs> rather than from the city of Santa Fe. That's um, in the province of Santa Fe. It is, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a geography. Well. <laughs> anyway, I'm I, still I, Santa Fe and Entre Rios mixed uh, up. I pointed that out because also River will play Belgrano at Cordoba, uh, which is even more, even. That's definitely closer. Yes. For Belgrano. Not at the Belgrano Stadium. I mean, I think it would be at Barrio Alberdi, which I, is not a, or or not Kempes. Sorry. Mm, uh, I'm going to say that yes. Barrio Alberdi is Belgrano. Yes, Kempes. Steam and so, why is that going to be? I thought do River not get home advantage? It's what well decided beforehand. No one gets home advantage. It's oh, neutral stadiums. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, it was decided beforehand yes. that River. I mean, River. It was decided that River will play at Cordoba before Belgrano. <laughs> uh, decided it was decided Belgrano will be the rival. So yeah, strange anyway. But yeah. Regarding uh, Cologne's um, relegation, um, it's. Uh, Sorry, Cologne. I've just been covering some German Bundesliga, so I said Cologne by accident. <laughs> uh, regarding Cologne, uh, me and Andres were just talking before uh, the pod how it's a, quite the kind of fall from grace, given that they were yeah. 2019 Sudamericana finalists, much to joyous scenes, and now... I mean, and they won the Copa de la Liga in 2021, I remember. Yes, that sounds right, yeah. 2020, or was it 2022? Mm. No, it was 2021. Yes, it was. But because they beat uh, PC's Racing in the final. Gave them an absolute pacing. Yeah. I'm just so, looking them up now to work out. A bit of a shame to their fans, sorry. though, I guess. They've got quite passionate fans. I mean, yeah. much like every team here. But, um, yeah, someone has to go down, I guess. So, uh, a shame it's there. Very, very begrudgingly sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> in Argentine football, but yeah. Um, if they could could have earned found a way to just send Arsenal down, I think, you know, and save a little bit of face, mate, would turn everything into a shambles, I think they would have done it. Would Himnasia be described, I don't know, maybe in the last like 10 years as uh, like the biggest yo-yo club in Argentina in terms of going up, going down, or would you give that title to another team? So difficult to keep track. Arsenal <laughs> would be my other one. but they Arsenal seem- have been up and down a couple of times. Arsenal have just been relegated once and came straight. I can't remember when they came straight back up, but surely they've just been down and back up, and that's it. I mean, once on the yeah, mm. I think they'd be the closest because you know, considering there's so many clubs in the top flight, so few relegation spots. Yeah, it's like very hard to go up and down. Like you have to be both kind of very bad and very good. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't and think the second division's so massive. As well. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you have to be like 
bad enough to get relegated with it several times and then good enough to get back up several times with like against other very good teams. Hence um, my original point with him last year going yeah, up and down. Yeah, no, it doesn't really happen. Like probably, you know, say 10 years ago it happened. happened a little bit. But then they've been up for a while still. Um, hmm. I think if you look back, you know, going towards kind of the the birth of Hander Pod, you could probably say that of kind of of Quilmes, who went up and down a couple of times. Atletico Tucumán back then went up and down. Yeah. But then we're talking about, you know, 14, 13 years ago, so it's mm. not really valid anymore. Um, no, in such a broken league, kind of that's a concept that doesn't really exist anymore. No, but there are some teams which are bigger, big teams for, I mean, uh, for their history, and now they are, they don't uh, uh, have the, 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 I mean, they can't promote the third division, like, for example, well, Kilmes is one, Ferro is big team from 80s, 90s. Are they still big? I mean, they've been out of the top big for like 40 the, years now. <laughs> no, Maybe, again, in like 2010, you could, uh, you yes. could make that sleeping giant argument, but... I mean, it's been a long time. It'd be like saying Atlanta. No, I mean, yeah, in the past, no. been down for a long, long time. Man. In They're the a past, big club. Yes. Uh, as as much as it pains me to say it, like that, I think that narrative has has died in 2023. <laughs> Colón were indeed runners up in the 2019 Sudamericana, well remembered, and it was the 2021 Copa de la Liga Profesional. Just mm-hmm. I think I accidentally just up. claimed that they were winners, though. So thanks for giving me praise, but at the same time, no, I think you said runners up. Did I? I thought I said winners. No, they were uh, the the winners of the supporters championship, weren't they? Because they took like forty five thousand fans to Asunción. Yes. And uh, was it Independiente del Valle? Yeah. We had about two thousand twenty people there. Yeah. yeah. And won it. Famously, Las Las. Uh, what's the name of the band again? Uh, Las Palmeras. Palmeras. Yeah, we're performing just before that game. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, commiserations. Colon fans, if there are any of you listening, uh, we will possibly see you again soon. I'd have thought they're going to be among the favourites to yeah. come up, especially I mean, to keep the side together. As we said many times, it's not easy to get out of that second division, but Belgrano did it um, mm. recently, kind of a club similar to Colon's statue, I'd say. Um, Tigre. They did it pretty well. Tigre have done yeah. it. Uh, you can, yeah, you can get back up. It's not easy, but but it's possible yeah indeed um, how many promotions are they going to be next season because are they how long is a piece of string so? uh, yeah <laughs> so it's silly of me to ask this a couple of months before yeah. next season begins isn't it I should be asking in seven or eight months time when they've actually decided a month before before the tournament ends exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah we'll, we'll see I guess uh, the Copa de la Liga playoffs then are kicking off tomorrow on Saturday um, there are two matches on Saturday and there are two matches on Sunday the Saturday ones are Huracan versus Platense let's see whether this tells me where it's going to be played it does not uh, so that's going to be played in a stadium Godoy Cruz <laughs> versus Banfield River versus Belgrano on Sunday and then lasting on Sunday evening Racing versus Rosario Central which is played in Salta uh-huh. Estadio Jose Marti Arena. Oh, I see, right. That's why you're not going. Because, you see, At least the, the reason I asked whether you were going while I was pouring the drinks before we started recording yeah. was because I'd seen it was Racing Me Central and I'd seen it was in El Echenada. Uh, At least the, the team who finished further up their group, the 
sporting advantage of playing at home, hence why I thought River would be at home to Belgrano. But, yeah. Platencia playing in San Juan. Oh. I've already forgotten who they're playing. Huracan. Bicentenario. I assume so. Uh-huh. I mean, because it makes complete sense to send Huracan mm. and Platense Fair, yeah. to, uh, to San Juan. And we are for one. Just again, while you check that out, Dan, uh, River Stadium, would that even be available anyway, even if they could? Because they've just been having concerts there. They, well, that, was that, was why, that was why when you first mentioned they were playing the Kempes, I was like, oh, that seems... I was kind of in yeah. my head going, yeah. I mean, I guess they can't play at home, but that seems a bit of a weird decision. To they won't play any of these games in Capital Liva because of the restrictions on away fans. Oh, of course. Uh, right. Yes. Yes. And have you found Godoy Cruz v. Batfield? Uh, give me a second. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Uh, they are playing in San Luis. Okay. Fair enough. It's in the middle of the two. Yeah. But it, yeah, if you've got two teams from actually opposite sides of the country, then it's as close as anything to making sense, doesn't it? Isn't mm. it? Um, so the annual table, Dan mentioned earlier that San Lorenzo are in the Copa Libertadores. Um, and I think that the annual table is now, well, the annual table is now over. That's the whole point. That's why we have this Colón Gimnasia relegation playoff just now. So the four teams who are going into the Copa Libertadores on the back of the annual table are obviously River and Tacheres, Rosario Central and San Lorenzo de Almagro. Um, the teams currently 5th to 11th are, as it stands, going into the Copa Sudamericana, but there's a bit of an asterisk there which I'll get to after I read them out, and those teams are Godoy Cruz, Boca Juniors, Estudiantes, Racing, Defensi, Justicia, Lanús and Belgrano. Um, the asterisk is that, let's see, Godoy Cruz and Racing, of the ones I've just read out, are they the only ones? Oh, and Belgrano, um, could all still win the Copa de la Liga. Well, they couldn't all win it, but any one of them could win it. Um, and <coughs> therefore, in so doing, qualify for the Copa Libertadores, in mm-hmm. which case, current 12th place Argent- Argentinos um, would go into the Sudamericana. Mm-hmm. And then if the Copa Argentina is won by any of the teams I've just named... Estudiantes and Defensa. Or Boca, right? It's the no, Boca well, of course, it's the final, isn't it's it? Final. Estudiantes and Defensa Justicia playing the final. Uh, so one of them will win it. <laughs> And therefore, also go to the Libertadores. Yes. And therefore, so actually, Argentinos are guaranteed to qualify, right? Yeah. Argentinos will be in the Sudamericana because one of those spots is definitely going to be. Yes. Yeah, and correct. then, if uh, one of Godoy Cruz, Racing, or Belgrano win the Copa de la Liga. Or Central or River, because they already have a spot, another spot. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Released um, underneath, Godoy yes. Cruz will qualify and. And another then, Sudamericana, Sudamericana spot would appear. And that would go to Atletico Tucumán, um, who are 13th on... Oh, well, on goal, I've just noticed goal difference. Argentinos, Atletico Tucumán and Platense are all on 54 points. Uh, Atletico Tucumán would therefore qualify for the Sudamericana with negative goal difference from the year, minus five. Blind. Um, the key takeaway, though, is that Boca Juniors will not be in the Libertadores next season, isn't it? That's the big yes. headline. Is yeah. there any way it can happen? I was I mean, just uh, looking no. on the pitch without any kind of dodginess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have no chances from the maths, and uh, if there is nothing strange, I mean, no, no, I can't see how that. Well, it would be if 
River won the Copa de la Liga. Yeah. Then Godoy Cruz would be bumped up to the Libertadores. Yes. And then if no, of course, yeah, because the two clubs who are in the in the Copa Argentina yeah. final are below Boca in in the yeah. yeah so Boca would would still be one place below. Yes, if Estudiantes, for example, would have been up uh, one or two positions uh, yeah. ahead of them, that would be the next place, yes. wouldn't it? Yeah. Huh. Well, unlucky Boca fans. Unlucky Boca fans, but it does make me just chuckle a little bit that Platense still have a chance of getting into the Libertadores right now, but Boca do not. That's it. Don't you find mm. that quite funny? I do. <laughs> Indeed, it's a slim chance, but it's but they have more chance than Boca. Indeed, um, based on what we've seen, especially based on what you guys have seen mm-hmm. um, throughout this group stage and in the last few weeks in particular, what are we expecting from these uh, playoffs? I mean, Racing finally played a good game of football in their last regular season game. Surely, to have won their group, scoring 22 goals in 14 matches, they must have been playing good games of football before now, though. Absolutely not, no. This is probably like their fourth or fifth good game of the entire year. You were there, Dan. I was, yeah. Describe, describe to your evening. Juan Quintero Stunners, Sam will be delighted tonight. Good grief. Yeah, one in each half. From one, the first one, first or second? No, the first one. He celebrated right in front of me because I was packed in down in the terraces right um, above the uh, corner flag, the, like, the left-hand corner flag. Mm-hmm. And he came over and, and waved to us. Did he you? said, hey, well done, fact. Yes, he might be, perhaps he's a half-hop listener and he listened that you criticised him. That you when did I criticise him? I'm yeah, sure I never criticised him. Constantly criticising nah. him. Um, so that was... Encouraging. Racing's defence also looked halfway decent uh, by the easy step of just completely changing it from anything we've seen all season, like dropped Leonardo Sigali, dropped Pioli, and stuck two kids in the middle. And Tobias Rubio, which is a name I have definitely mentioned before on this podcast when reading out lineups, and Nazareno Colombo, which is Gimnasia, I believe. Excellent name. Yeah. That's, that's got a some slightly 16th century explorer. Nazarino Colombo, yeah. Um, they looked a lot more solid uh, than the 36-year-old and who kind of doesn't have any knees left. Weirdly enough. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's encouraging. Uh, I think... Goes last... for all of the front three as well, I know. As well as Quinteros, two. Ojeda and Alche got one each. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So that was good. I think the last time we played Central, it was a bit of a banger. It was like 2-0 or 3-2 or something like that. Um, so it could be a very entertaining game against two teams that attack well, sometimes, in Racing's case, and also often don't defend particularly well. I hate to correct you, Dan, but the last time you played Central, it was in July, and it finished 1-1. Oh, what am I thinking of that? It was um, a Gonzalo Piovi penalty, which yeah. was equalised before half-time by Alejo Benis. But the match before that, in September last year, finished mm-hmm. 4-3 to Racing. That was one uh, With a stoppage time yeah. winner from Aníbal Moreno after Racing came back from 3-1 down at the break. But that one all game sounds like it was quite fun as well. Like 38 shots between the two teams, 10 shots on target. Mm. Yeah, so 
it's a it's a good matchup, Racing Central. Yes, I think pre- at least the pre- previews it's uh, interesting. I think it's the best of all of the four matches. I think is the best in terms of the what you can expect. Uh, and Central has Hamilton Campas. I think you also uh, named him a couple of times because of his name. Yes, it's a fun name. And, <laughs> but he's playing really, really well. Hmm? Andres, what are you thinking for River River versus Belgrano? Uh, I, I really don't know what to say. Uh, because They're quite unpredictable River at the moment, aren't they? Yes, taking into account the last matches, it has been like... Uh, uh, like not not being clear attacking and with clear failures defending, um, very easy for the rivals to to create chances and not that easy for River to create. Um, managing the ball, uh, taking it from side to side, but not being able to 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 be, go deep to the box, uh, and I think that the changes that Michelis is trying to. I mean, it's clear that if players doesn't work properly, you. You have to change them, but I think that he doesn't. Uh, I mean, if he has the idea to 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 make those changes, it, then it, you don't see it. You don't see that in the in the uh, as a result or positive result in the in the matches. Uh, so, if, well, in the other side, uh, hand, on the other hand, if Belgrano plays like they did against Racing, perhaps River should be favourites. I haven't been following Belgrano that much, but I see it as a quite tough rival and it will be that easy for River to, to break them. I mean, um, it's like they went out of fuel in the terminal. I mean, speaking of the River. Hmm. Um, we need the, to get Echeverri on a play I was just going to say that. Is he going to be back for well, the game? Well, he doesn't play even today as in the under-17 uh, third place match because of problem he had familiar problem or personal problem with his uh, uh, grandmother who died and were passed passed away and, and he was at their, at their best mood to play and that that was he that's why he went to the bench then then he he jumped into the match but uh, I think he will have this time to process that and well uh, I think the yeah, next year as I, I told Christian uh, the, the last episode, I think it was that he. I don't know who Christian is, but yeah. Christian, yeah. sorry, <laughs> I'm joking. Chris, um, that he he will take into be taking into account next year, I think. Uh, hmm. We have to wait a bit more for Roberto, I think, but uh, he's under under another under seventeen star, I think. But after checking. Um after checking Dan's stats on, on Racing versus Central, I thought while Andres was talking, I'd just go over the last 10 matches uh, that River and Belgrano have met in, and it's five wins for River, uh, two draws, and three wins for Belgrano, but one of those wins was the last time they met, which in this ridiculous league system that we have was way back on the 4th of February this year. Um, so this would only be their second meeting of the year. And, yeah, just because that's how the league works here. You can get away with only playing a team once in the course of a calendar year. Um, when Belgrano got a 2-1 win in Cordoba. Both goals from Baghetti, I think. Of course, yes, in Demi Chelis's first... Oh, actually, no, I think it wasn't his first match in charge, was it? But they were the first goals that Demi Chelis's Rivers uh, conceded because they pointed out to him after the match that he'd also scored the first goals that Marcelo Gachado's River had conceded. Um, so some 
needle there, obviously, in what is, especially from River's point of view, an eternal grudge match now uh, between River and Central. The two matches on Saturday kind of feel slightly less uh, hyped. Under one. But, you know, in terms of the, the standings, now the teams have got there, right? Everybody's got here by finishing in the top four of their group. And these should also be two decent matches. I think I'd give Huracan the edge over Platense. Um, but what can we expect from this one? Anyone? Mm. I don't know. It's going to be the one nobody watches, I think. <laughs> no, but I, I, yes, I, I agree with Sam. I think Huracan... At that point, I mean, kind of on a roll order again, like yeah. um, I can't remember the exact numbers, but they seem to have won like their last ten games in a row or something stupid. Um, they have four wins won. in their last five. Yes, so, yeah. so basically the last ten in a row. That's, yeah. uh, they they lost the three before that, but you know who's counting. Uh, one was the Copa Argentina. Is it, true, yeah. Isn't uh, Platense boss Martin Belomo kind of auditioning for the Boca Juniors? Uh, job right now. <laughs> Only if more on that. More on that after the break on what happens in the presidential election at Boca. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, he's been assured that he will definitely become the Boca manager if are we naming him? If Mauricio Macri becomes Boca president, vice president, vice president. Sorry, yes, uh, <laughs> vice president. Sorry. In the same way that McKenney's been yes. Boca vice president these Could last they? four years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. It, I'm not sure it even counts as an audition, really. He's just been... No, he's got said, it. Like, oh, um, yeah. If... It's crazy if how Pal- Palermo could be the next Copa Libertadores because if they win Copa La Liga, which is unlikely, but... Mm. Well, uh, will be in Copa Libertadores and Boca won't. Mm. And, and he has been, like, pro- promised or, or well, uh, secured the, the, the job uh, at Boca if, if Riquelme... Um, sorry, Macri and Ibarra will won the... Which... But on the other hand, we don't know when that will happen, but... And what was the other game, sorry? The, the other one that was going on this weekend that were, you said, or I said, was the other slightly game under... Godoy Cruz, Godoy Cruz versus Banfield. Godoy Cruz have been pretty good in the last few months, I'd say. Um, yeah. I would give them just the edge over, over Banfield, who just scraped in, didn't they, Banfield? So I would give Godoy it Cruz... It's great. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Uragan and Banfield fought relegation for most of this Copa de la Liga and just sort of turned up in the in the playoffs. Yeah, well, as a result of yeah, I mean, the yeah, one relegation, thing. indeed. Yeah, yeah but no one really saw them coming. It was the stick rather than the carrot, if you like, that got them into the into the playoffs. Well, yeah, sure. Although, having said that, Banfield only ended up with one point fewer than River, so maybe they're not awful they certainly haven't conceded but bloody hell six goals conceded in 14 matches Falciani effect isn't it 11 scored and they finished third it's pure Falciani ball yeah it's remarkable but compare that with Instituto finished seventh scored the same number only conceded one more so yeah if nothing else they know how to get results um, certainly Godoy Cruz appeared to be slightly better to watch based on the goals scored <laughs> Uh, 14 so one per game and they've conceded nine um, but yeah I think that really even more than Huracan Platense I would say that's going to be the game that people probably shouldn't watch yes. um, I might well watch it anyway but treat yeah, yourself whether you <laughs> should or not is not actually it's a, that, that's the 9.30 Saturday Oof. evening one isn't it so yeah that's definitely going to be the game that the fewest people watch I think over the weekend interestingly like Golo Cruz their form uh, in the last few months has been a lot better um, coinciding with 
one, potentially two other teams from Mendoza being in the uh, top league next next yeah, year. They, they, like they, they had to yeah, raise our game. Exactly. I mean, I'm not playing conspiracy theory here, but I kind of am. <laughs> are there any updates for the second division that we can give up to the Tomorrow is... There are, yes, we will. In we'll that case, let's go to the halftime theme music yes. now. I'll let these two step outside for a cigarette, refill our glasses, and when we come back, we will discuss Primera Nacional. We will discuss Boca Juniors' presidential elections, or lack thereof, and no doubt we'll find some other stuff to chat about as well. Don't go away. Before we get on to the second version, uh, what next year is? <coughs> Sorry, excuse you. Uh, what next year's um, promedios are going to look like? At the moment, we don't know whether this is really going to matter, <laughs> but there is every chance, and we suspect that there will still be one relegation next year, um, based on the promedios. So it's worth just mentioning. We'll obviously go into this in a bit more detail, and to refresh your memories, before the. League or Copa de la Liga campaign kicks off in January. I can't remember whether they've even decided which way around they're going to play it next year. Probably not. So I had a little thing in the back of my head saying they were reversing the order and playing the Copa de la Liga first, but I can't remember whether that's based on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the anyway, other, before 2024 gets going. We talk about that, but it will be better than the Copa de la Liga is played first. It makes more sense. And then the season you play it properly. But yeah. But uh, maybe that's why I thought it might happen, but that's also an excellent reason to suppose that it won't happen. Um, Independiente Rivadavia, of course, are bottom of the current 2024 uh, Promedios, but that doesn't matter. They haven't played any matches, so there we go. Uh, Lanús are second bottom. They only finished 23rd of 28 teams in the Promedios that have just closed. The big um, shock, the side who are going to need to pick up their ideas are Beres Sarsfield who finished 11th in the Promedios just gone but are losing 70 points from 2021 uh, and dropped down to 25th place Um, Union Platense Central Cordoba Sarmiento all just above them and all of course have been involved in this year's relegation uh, struggle Uh, Independiente are dropping down a little bit but you know they, they were in trouble at the beginning of this year. They're going to be in a, a small amount of trouble. The jeopardy is, is relatively slim anyway, when there's only probably going to be one team relegated on this table, if that. But I noticed that Belles were dropping a fair bit, and it's perhaps just worth mentioning that and being aware of it, especially if you're a Belles fan. In the second division, we are currently waiting to play... Excuse me, I just saw the list of first division goal scorers and got confused and went past, and I realised that that's because I went out of the second division page on SofaScore. Uh, we're waiting to play the final of the playoffs to decide who will be joining Independiente Rivadavia in the second division. And as somebody mentioned during the first half, perhaps Godoy Cruz, was it you, Chris? It was me, yeah. Have bucked their ideas up 
because of the chance that there might be two other Mendoza teams in the top flight. Deportivo Maipú are in the final and they are playing Deportivo Riestra of very much not Mendoza. Uh, but it could be a really successful 24 hours or so for clubs who had formerly, albeit in Riestra's case, incredibly briefly employed Diego Maradona as motivational speaker. Yes. Um, because you might remember that when Maradona was between managerial jobs at a time when the only person taking Maradona seriously as a manager was Julio Grandona, um, having fairly, re- well, relatively recently, I guess, sacked him as uh, national team boss, uh, Maradona was roped in to give Riestra a half-time motivational team talk, and that was when they were in the third division for a playoff promotion or relegation promotion even. I can't remember. They were definitely a lot further down than they are at yes, the moment. Yes, I think it was they were in the Bayern Metropolitana and mm. uh, close to going up, yeah. Uh, and now they might be in the Primera mm-hmm. by this time tomorrow. What was his official title? Um, oh, they, the they literally hired him for... They got him in to do a half-time No, me and Andrew... Spiritual advisor. Spiritual advisor, yeah, that yeah. was it, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't realise he'd had a half, uh, um, an official title mm-hmm. for, for that. But, um, yeah, so Maipu beat Estudiantes de Rio Cuarto. And when I say beat, I mean drew with. Um, they got that is because of the table, or...? Yeah, it must have. I think that must be the case, yeah, because it obviously wasn't away goals. Um, and Riestra beat Almirante Brown, who, of course, were the winners of Group A, um, and then lost to Independiente Rivadavia in the first promotion playoff. Uh and Riestra beat them well, 2-0 at home and then 2-0 away as well. So, have to wait and see that second leg also. Almirante Brown, nil, Deportivo Riestra, two and one red card apiece as well. Um, so we've missed out on some drama by completely ignoring that. Oh, Riestra won it 2-0 after having Pedro Ramirez sent off in the second minute. <laughs> so well done them. Um, wait and see what happens, obviously. But, yeah, as Chris says, we might end up with the Mendoza side in the top flight. And if we don't, then we'll end up with Riestra in the top flight, which could be fun as well. It would give San Lorenzo a very, very short away trip indeed. And, of course, Riestra would have one very, very short away trip indeed. And, and neither team, uh, Riestra or uh, Maipu, have, uh, neither of them have been in the top league before. So we're definitely getting someone uh, mm. brand new. Indeed, yeah. Well, Maipu never in the Nacional, do we know? Let's have a look. While you look that up, if we go down a another step, I have good news for you, sir. Oh, By the end of this week, your favourite club, or at least favourite named club, Club Atletico Douglas Haig, could be back in the Primera oh. B Nacional. Oh, I thought you were talking about Altos Oronos. <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. You've changed okay. your favourite. <laughs> I thought it was Juventud de la Patronato de la Juventud de la Toli. There are, as we've done before, on, especially on Extra, there are many, many magnificently named. Or San Sinena, <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I thought it was. A what was the other one? Club Tens- Atletico and Biblioteca Santa Marina de Tandil, something like that. <laughs> uh, Biblioteca y something. Well, yeah, there was li- a, library a library and, in there. Yeah. So it's definitely Santa Marina of Tandil, but I can't remember the exact yeah. word. Anyway, yes, Douglas Haig. Pergamino's finest will play this Sunday the final of the Federal A against Gimnasia de Salta, uh, and if they win that, 
they will return to the Primera Nacional where they've uh, been out of uh, a couple of years now. Gimnasia Tiro de Salta is or other, other gimnasia? Gimnasia Tiro de Salta. Uh, that, because yes. that club also was mm-hmm. in first division. Deportivo Maipú, Chris is quite right, have never been in the top flight. They have been in the second tier yeah. for 1986-87 for just one season. And then from... Oh no, sorry, it's slightly confusing me. So they were in the second tier from 1986-87 until 1991-92. Mm-hmm. And then they came back up to the second tier in 2021. So I will admit I didn't know this information until earlier this week when I was doing a little <laughs> bit of research for the pod. Well, um, there we so, see, this is yeah, what we get yes. when somebody actually researches for the pod ahead of time. <laughs> um, but of course, Enzov Perez is their most notable Indeed. former player. Yes. Uh, so he'll be happy if they come yes. up. I imagine. In fact, if they go up, I don't know what will happen with him. Perhaps he because well, his contract ends in uh, exactly one month time, and and he has still. Of course, he's playing for them at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Although he doesn't seem to have played the second leg at least of their semi-final. Well, I don't know if this is a good segue or not, but. Uh, concentrating on the poo aspect of my poo, what happened to your flat this week, Dan? Uh, basically obliged him to tell everyone. <laughs> it got flooded, basically, with uh, sewage water. Um, there were plumbers doing work on, on the apartments upstairs. Uh, something fell down into the pipes, blocked them, and you can imagine the rest. Oh, so Very. It was a plumber's fault, it wasn't a... Yeah, I mean... Wasn't a neighbour flushing nappies or something? No, 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 no. Uh, like, while they were hammering away, a piece of, like, lead or or iron came away from the old pipes and just got wedged down. Oh, well. And yeah. caused a lot of grief. Anyway, that, uh, in case listeners are wondering why Chris just came out with that question in the middle of the podcast, that's why we're recording two days later than planned yes. um, right now. Uh, but, yes, and also the poo, Deportivo my poo, is not spelt like that, although... <laughs> Yes, it's a very funny name, if you say it out loud, you happen to be an English for a speaker. brief moment, I yes. became nine years old <laughs> and, again. And it's not your poo, it's my poo. Exactly. It was your poo, was it? Oh my God. Um, I also have some sad news. Oh God. We have had the final games, at least for now, of the beloved Primera de Metropolitana. Oh. It has ceased to exist. Um, it will be folded in with the Primera C from next year onwards. Right. Um, so, obviously, there was no promotion on offer, but Centro Español came through to win the second half of the of the year. Um, and so they will join the first half winners, El Porvenir, in the Copa Argentina next year. Ooh. El Porvenir, by the way, is another excellent name. For the uh, lower divisions, yes, the forthcoming or the, the not, I would struggle to translate it precisely, but it's <laughs> something along those lines. Great that Centro Español have came all the way from Spain to play as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And in the Primera B Metropolitana, uh, San Miguel are one step away now from promotion to the Primera Nacional after overcoming Argentino Quilmes in a thrilling penalty shootout last Saturday after uh, two draws in the final of the playoffs there. 
they... So why does, that, that's the final, so why are they still a step away? Because they will have one further playoff against, <laughs> I believe, the loser of the Douglas-Haig uh, Gimnasia Itiro de Saldega. Because there's already been a champion in the Primera B, Metro, who was, which was Talleres de Ramelo de Escalada. Yes. Um, so they're close, basically. I was just saying in the break a second ago that like most of this Handapod episode has been deciphering the whole league system. Most of every Handapod episode, <laughs> yeah. if you really get into it, is <laughs> but there is, the a, there is a famous phrase from, I think it's Chitapia, don't try to understand it, enjoy yes. it. I was very upset because so, I was... I'm still confused though, yeah. what have Douglas Haig got to do with it? Because you know that the Ben Metropolitana and the Federala are parallel leagues, right? Yes. One's Metropolitan Buenos Aires. Oh, sorry, that's the And the other's from the interior of the rest of the country. My confusion has come for the fact that SofaScore has got the Federal out listed quite some way away from the Primera B. You need to give up on SofaScore, Sam. Go for Premier, Mules. It's it's just so easy. No, it's not. Well, I mean, it's easier in in that it's on my phone and Uh, it's easy to flip. How much money do they give you for plugging them everywhere? Yeah. You I should get nothing. Money. Nothing. I mean, given that I spend <laughs> most of the mentions that I make of it on this podcast are complaining about how yeah. yeah. shit and stuff for, for Argentina. So uh, yeah, mm. I see. Right. So although they are run as separate divisions, mm. the two playoff winners of those sides are going uh, of those uh, parallel leagues are going to play against each other. Yes. To who goes up. I must admit, I was I was quite disappointed because we were close to having the first Clásico Quilmenio in 41 years. It has been 41 years since Quilmes and Argentino de Quilmes played a competitive fixture. Wow. They've never been in the same league since. Big grief. Yeah. And it's still not going to happen. Still not going to happen now. Does was... the national beer brand Quilmes um, favour one of the two teams? Well, they sponsor Quilmes. I don't yes. know what, having said that, they might sponsor They might sponsor Argentina, Argentina Quilmes. Quilmes. Never watched them. Um, um, I can't remember seeing Quilmes on their shirt, but... I don't know. Asking the important questions. Yes, absolutely. Argentino de Quilmes, Camiseta. Let's Google it and see what it looks like. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> sky blue. It is. Well, it's, it's kind of a what, racing colour or national team colours, I would say. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's not Rass- sponsored by Quilmes, the beer company. Right. No. Go on, Anthony, you're saying. Apparently, apparently, Racing may have taken their colours from Argentino de Quilmes. Oh, really? That's one of the theories that, that goes around. Wow. And they're famously nicknamed the Mate. Uh, do you know why? That feels like a fact that I read and had completely forgotten mm. several years ago. And so I'm going to say it, it might be something that I did know once, but I don't know now. I'm going to test whether it actually is famously or not after he admits why. <laughs> What's the reason now? Right. For those unaware of a little bit of the history, Quilmes, Quilmes uh, or Quilmes Athletic Club, to give their full name, was kind of one of the, one of the first clubs in, in Argentina, right? Hmm. Um, but it was very much a preserve of the English expat community. Didn't, didn't look fondly on locals playing. Well, they... Won the championship the year before Racing won their first championship, didn't they? And Quilmes mm. kind of claimed to be the first Criollo club to win the Argentine League, yeah. even though the team that won that championship was basically entirely made up of 
former alumni players who had yes, left absolutely. alumni when that club dissolved the previous year and joined Quilmes and mm-hmm. therefore why and so in other words they were all Anglo Argentine, so they yes. weren't Creole short all. Um so yeah, in their early days at least Quilmes didn't let Argentine players or Criollo players take the field for him. This led to other Quilmenos getting annoyed about it. Um, oh, students. Yes, yeah. so they formed their own club, which was the Argentine Quilmes club. Mm-hmm. And it's kind are, of like a reverse Milan and Internazionale Milan. Yes, something like nice. that. And. Um, they are known as El Mate because they were one of the first clubs to say, you know, at halftime or after the games, we are not going to sell, we're not going to serve afternoon tea and dainty cakes. We are going to serve Mate and Bicochita de Grasa in the proper Argentine culture, Criollo style. Nice. And that is how they got their name, El Mate, because they refused to serve English tea. Excellent. Famous. I, I had, I'd read about the nickname, mm. but it, uh, that doesn't ring any bells at all, so I'm going to say I had not read about why they were called that. Well, there you so go. thank you very much for that anecdote, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, shall we move on to this? Dis- oh no, hang on, no, we can't move on to this as questions yet, yeah. because we have to talk about what we had a list as question last week, as you might remember, asking whether this, these up-and-coming Boca Juniors presidential elections were going to be the most important presidential elections in Boca's history. And they were so important, they're not going to be allowed to take place. They're too important. Too important to actually... I can't believe we almost just skipped over this as well. This is like the biggest story of the week here in Argentina. Yeah, and I'm not very clear on exactly what's going on, because basically Mauricio Macri has managed to get the election called off. That was the mm. side of it that I'd heard. But then I also saw a headline earlier today about something about how a bunch of the paper slips that people vote with for Riquelme's side hadn't got to the wherever they needed to get to first or something. What? No. How, so, what? Well, I saw the headline, I didn't click the story, so I don't, I, I don't know whether it's bollocks or... That doesn't... Or yeah. I mean, how um, would they know they're for Rekembe before they've even been voted for? <laughs> no, um, no, 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 the point was that a bunch of the slips his party have to kind of hand in so that people can vote for him had not got to the... Perhaps, perhaps Magri thought something. They it will vote for Riquelme, and that's why... Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, I, I met up with Dan on Wednesday, um, and because I didn't un- still couldn't fully understand the story, and he explained it to me very clearly, and yet here we are a couple of days later, and I've forgotten oh. how he explained it, so I would love Dan to Dan, explain it all over again. Please explain please. it to, to us and our listeners. Okay, the Sorry. crux of the matter uh, at the centre of the dispute are 13,000 apparent... Um, questionable Boca members who were made kind of active, i.e. voter eligible, um, voting eligible members somewhere between September and November 2021. I think I saw you quote tweet something about this a couple of days ago, yeah. Yes. Um, that was the deadline in order for them. Yeah, because so they generally have, they have to have been active mem- or they have to have been in this category of membership for two years in order to vote. In order to vote in this election, yeah. Um, this is something every president of every single Argentine football club has done from since the beginning of time, kind of packing the uh, the uh, the voting rolls a little bit, getting you know a little bit more. Uh, 
more support, uh, one would imagine. Um, and, you know, and it's also the opposition role to kind of complain, oh, where do these people come from? Rakelme did it in 2019, his predecessor did it in 2015, whatever. It's, it's all part of the fun, you know. Um, what is kind of novel in this case is that one of the opponents in, in this Boca race controls the entire Argentine judicial system. So when he said, right. yeah. oh, these memberships uh, look a bit dodgy, let's just shut down the whole election. He had a judge conveniently to hand to sign a completely shoddy, uh, rushed injunction or order or whatever the, the technical term is. Um, suspending the elections until further notice. Um, and just in case, so there are some, lots of listeners are going to be aware that he's not actually very much not been the president for the last four years. So why does he control the judicial? It's basically that he appointed a bunch of judges when he was president. Yes, uh, this judge who signed the resolution, for example, is the sister of the president of one of the parties which belongs to Macri's coalition. Uh-huh. And of course now they're even more beholden yes. to And the sentence had this... is coming in at a week's time is under Macri's thumb now. Yes, so. the sentence had a big mistake, which is that she said... Oh, these members were like signed up or made active uh, these dates. Mm. Like yeah, Saturday. kind of as part of you know the reasoning for why these uh, these memberships weren't weren't kosher. The judge said, "Oh, but look at the dates. You know, uh, they were putting people in on the rolls of weekends and all this. Like, oh, look at September the nineteenth, uh, two thousand and twenty-one, which was a Sunday. They they signed up fifty people." Mm. Um, and then kind of eagle-eyed people on social media realised that in fact they were looking at this year's calendar rather than 2021 calendar so uh, September 19th 2021 was just a normal Thursday um, and all kind of things like that just completely you know botched rushed out to, to get it you know but the, to get it ready the, the implications of the delay um I remember you saying something that like Raquel May's time would effectively run out because of the the day. Yeah, there's kind there's kind of a caveat in in the statutes which says kind of if you don't have a a confirmed president after I think it's de- December fifteenth, whether entire four years of his uh, of his term would officially be up. Um, there's a potential for intervention from a government body, which. Again, oh. will be uh, an ally of Macri's, uh, who's you know the wizard of us behind this fuckwit uh, government, which is coming up. Um, just how feasible that would be with you know a sitting president and a sitting president, well, vice in this case, uh, in the case of uh, Juan Román Raquelme, and knowing how touchy Boca fans are. Um, just how feasible it would be to intervene the club without causing a riot um, remains to be seen. But you know, it's nothing Macri hasn't done before. He intervened the entire AFA uh, during his uh, his national presidency. What um, FIFA did? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, from, from what you <laughs> just said, then he's a man with fingers in many pies. Is our Mauricio? From what you said there, though, it kind of sounds. The potential of basically being like a coup of 
I mean, that, yeah, of Boca. that's kind of like the concern, of course, from uh, Rakemi's side. He knows exactly who Macri is. You know, very few people have had dealings with Macri for as long as uh, Rakemi has, going back to when he was a player at Boca and Macri was the president, and they definitely didn't see eye to eye back then. Um, anyway, uh, to fast forward a little bit, uh, both sides um, went into kind of a mediation meeting. On Thursday, which failed miserably, um, it seems like of those thirteen thousand apparently contentious members, only four thousand really could even raise an eyebrow as to their kind of legality. Rakelme's point is: look, let's vote. We'll put all of the ones that you've you know tried to signal, tried to flag, on one table, and we won't count them unless. Absolutely necessary, and then we'll audit all of them. Huh. Don't know. Like, Raquel May obviously is suggesting this in the context of being aware, as we mentioned a week or two ago, that he is an overwhelming favourite. Yeah. Regardless. yeah, yeah. Like, he, he has to be confident of winning this election yeah. if you don't count those 13,000 yeah. votes. But at the same time, he can't just allow, you know, someone to come in who's very used to getting his own way and say, right, strike all these part members. Because where does it end? Yeah. Like, it's he has the obligation to fight this and and to take it to the uh, to you know, to its conclusion because you've got to stand up for bullies and there are few more powerful bullies in Argentine society than our I'm just gonna say our cunt of an ex president. Just I mean, bully is one word, like weasel would be another way of I mean you, yeah, I won't drop the sea bombs. I'm not there yet. Sorry. Um I, I um just slightly like different from the from the point, but the posters dotted all around the city of uh, Ibarra and uh, Macri um is like set uh, just to kind of give people a bit of context, it's the two of them on the on the front of the poster, but in the background there is a photo of La Bombonera, very kind of faded out, whatever, and then a prospective new stadium a few blocks away from La Bombonera. No, supposedly in the same place, right? No, 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 they're not going to have to move it. No, they will, it's like nine blocks away. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Because of the houses that are kind of connected to uh, La Bombonera at the moment. But obviously I don't fully understand Everything, even though Dan's explained it twice now, I still don't understand it all. You're not alone, to be fair. But I mean, there's a load of stuff I probably haven't even. My point yet. being that just that poster alone is so distasteful. Whether you like or don't like Boca Juniors or not, um, what I think everybody around this table could admit is La Bombonera is in the top ten most iconic stadiums in the world, and to see you might have a. Hard time getting Andres to uh, to admit that, but yeah, but you're right, you're right. Oh, it is, yeah. But and just to see someone like the ex president of this country, prospective vice president of Boca Juniors, seemingly happy to put his face and name on the essentially the like tearing down of La Bombonera and moving it to a brand new kind of uh, showpiece stadium. I, to me, is it like that? That's a really dis- another side of disgustingness, if that's well, a word, to I, this story. One thing I will say about that, though, is that when he was president of Boca Juniors, back before we had any of the 
bollocks of having to deal with him as mayor of the city and then president of the country. He was very much, very vocally trying to do exactly that as well. This has always been his thing. Mm. And when he was president of Boca Juniors, as we've mentioned in, in the podcast quite some time ago, but we've definitely mentioned it before, he also shut down enormous sections of the what makes Arge, any Argentine football club a club. Like, mm. this is why the, pretty much uh, the only real sporting divisions left of, of Boca playing at any level are the football and basketball teams now. Mm. And like the rest of, of, it, of the club as a social infrastructure is gone. Yeah. When you compare it with, for example, River, who have kept all of that stuff up and are now, as a result, far and away the biggest social club in the country mm. because Boca once upon a time rivaled them and Macri dismantled all of that. Uh, and it's something, it, it, I guess it's probably one reason that, especially among a lot of the older um, fan base for Boca, who, who have you know, longer memories than some of the younger guys coming in, it's probably one, re, one thing that feeds into Riquelme being such a heavy favourite in the election, is that they remember what Macri did to the club before, I know. even if he did win a lot of stuff on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, it's something really important for, for clubs as well. Like, um, I've just started taking uh, Nahuel down uh, to Vélez, to their Polideportivo in Liniers. Mm. Um, he actually plays baseball on, on Thursday nights. Um, how he got into that is a, is a story for another day. <laughs> but anyway, um, and Vélez has been, have been absolute dog shit this year. Like, it's hard to remember a worse Vélez year, uh, just talking you know, about Primera football. But the club is buzzing. It's... Amazing, like you're talking probably more than 25 side pitches, uh, female, male hockey, basketball, mm. rhythmic gymnastics, uh, futsal, two swimming pools, like chess. Chess. We, we, you know, I remember in the early years of Hand of Pod, it, it coincided with the time when basically everybody on football Twitter in Argentina yeah. used to make fun of Venice's social media manager yeah. because they would come up like everybody else would be like, Oh, today our first division team won 5 0, and like, they'd all be just be talking about the football. And then Venice would be like, Come and learn how to play chess at Venice yeah, yeah. and stuff all the time. But they even, it's really good. They right? even have a gardening club. Like, mm. A gardening club is brilliant. I think a lot of people um, give big value to that because if not, they, if you take into account the, the reality of the, only the football, yeah. a lot of teams will be uh, private right now. Yeah. Mm. No, it's amazing. You've I mean, got kids so of all ages from, you know, four. Five upwards, right into teenage years, just going and playing sport in like a safe environment. Like, you know, we live in Capital, which is a manic city. Um, sometimes difficult to raise a kid here, and you know, I can take Nahuel down to Vélez for the entire afternoon. He just rides his scooter in and out of the club, you know, all across the the complex. You don't have to worry about traffic and shit. There's two playgrounds as well for him, as well as the sports. And that's the kind of thing you have to hold on to. Um, that community spirit. Community absolutely. spirit, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm sure, like, Vélez must have thousands of members who wouldn't even go to a game, but just mm. people from the community and from Zona Oeste, which is right in the corner, and making the most of that. Um, and that's something you lose if you go more to this model of just caring about the first team, just caring, caring about the bottom line, because I'm sure they lose fuck tons of money on that. Yeah. It can't be profitable. Uh, you know, considering how much the kids pay and stuff, I mean, no, I doesn't even pay anything for his membership until he's five. Hmm. Um, and even then, he won't be paying out of his own pocket. He won't know much. Yeah, um, it's something to defend, and that's 
seems to just be something Macri does not and will not ever understand. No, and I mean, it ties in with the just so much he doesn't understand about Argentina in general. I think like poor poor guy just got born into the wrong country, and it seems to be a constant cause of frustration to him. Indeed. Uh, moving on to listeners' questions, we have had two. Uh, uh, one of which, it, uh, well, actually, we've had three from two different mm. people. One of which it looks like we've already answered, but let's uh, ask them all anyway. Bob Roberts says, "I just watched Colón get relegated. Do most top-level players have escape clauses in their contracts to avoid playing lower division football?" Must be out of contract in December anyway. I well, think. a lot of them will be. Well, also, I'd be quite surprised if many slash any of them do have those kind of clauses. Apart from anything else, it's their fault they got relegated. Yeah. Why would they? If you get relegated out of like you know twenty, how many teams is it? Twenty-eight teams. You know, yes. Yeah. You, you know, you probably right now do deserve to be kind of in that. And especially division. now, right, where it's not even like, oh, but it was the previous two seasons of players who got them. No, they got relegated on the annual table now. Yeah. This is this team actually deserved mm-hmm. to go down. So I've never heard of a um, of a clause like that. Possibly, I don't know. Thinking right back in the final years of clubs like River and Independiente, uh, when they looked like they. Were, they could go down like team players that joined them in their last yeah, year. Maybe. I don't think Colón has players with clauses on that uh, in their contracts. In fact, Juancho uh, Cabrera was talking before saying that he still has contract and he doesn't didn't say, but I will cut it or will end it because yeah, I don't yeah. want to play in national um, second division. Yeah, no, I'd be surprised. Uh, Derek Ryan is the other person who's tweeted in. He says, first of all, any updates on the promotion playoffs? I think we've answered that one. So, um, Extensively. Knowing, but yeah, uh, we've given you those. Also, his second question, what is the going transfer price for Echeverri? The Brazil's executioner, Claudio Diablito Echeverri. Yeah, because we talked last week about how Argentina were about to play the under-17 World Cup quarter-final against Brazil. And uh, so, first of all, what, what happened? They steamrolled them. Hmm. Yeah. Five now was it? Three now. Three now. Three from. I knew we got a hat trick. All three from Itivari and all three were. Venezuela was Golasses. Yeah. yeah. Absolute golasses. And then uh, in the semi final, unfortunately, they came undone against Germany. Inevitably. In the penalty shootout. And they're playing the third place playoff. To they played it this morning. It was this morning. Yeah. They lost to Mali. Yes. Another three nil. Yes. But in this case, it wasn't in favour. But very good, very interesting. Andres, what's his release? I guess he must have a release clause. Yes, it's, I think I, I mentioned that before because uh, he had already scored mm. some goals. That his clause is 25 million, I don't know if dollars or euros, and uh, I think it's dollars. Mm. And it's not pesos? No. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if uh, there is a team who wants him and there is 10 days or less uh, to the transfer deadline, I mean, the the, the end of the transfer window, mm-hmm. uh, that money raises to 30 million, but I think they will they will try to renew his contract or at least to offer him yeah. more money. And they could try playing him first, yeah. like giving him a game. That's yes. true. <laughs> yes, next year, I but, think. Well, as Andres said earlier, I think he's, he's going to get more game time next year, isn't he? He's such a young kid. He could hardly get less. And I think they, they clearly have been gearing up to make him part of the team next year. Yeah. But then all of like, the rumours that come out from River Transfer, Twitter and stuff is that they're trying to get even more attacking players and stuff. Yeah, like, that stuff always gets mentioned, doesn't it? Like it yeah, yeah, man. Especially for River and Boca, it's always going to be this, oh, they've been linked with... Yeah. 
the thing is that at this point uh, he wouldn't even have room in the in the team because the Michelis are, are is playing with a lot of midfielders and all of them are impossible to I mean if they are playing horribly well yes perhaps Echeverri will have uh, will replace them but uh, I mean it's Lanzini, Barco, uh, De La Cruz, Nacho no, Fernandez. I mean they're big names like big river figures in front of them. Given like, his, where make it, where given his uh, performance though in this uh, tournament um, I feel like the chances of someone paying that 25 million that you mentioned um, have definitely increased. I think that's a lot of money for someone to cough up for a 17-year-old, um, but like now after the tournament that he's had... The like, only thing I'd say against that <coughs> is it's the under-17 World Cup. Oh yeah, of course. And it's like... Yes. It's, yeah, but it's very difficult to judge who's going to go from that I, age group. I it's agree. Not like, it's not like the under twenties. I like completely that. agree, but to some of these, especially English clubs, what's twenty five oh, million yeah. no, these totally, days? Yeah, um, in fact, one so. of the one of the uh, trainers or, or coaches who discovered and prepared Agustin Roberto, the other kid that also plays for River and scored, I think, eight goals in six matches in the World Cup, uh, three against. Uh, and in Germany, three goals that Argentina scored were from him. One of the, the, the guys who worked with him when he was a kid, who is called, uh, ironically, uh, ironically, uh, ironically uh, Hernán Palermo, it's not Martín, but he's Palermo, uh, said that you, that of course supporters won't, will, will want him for him to play right away in first division too, that take things with, with cal calmly, with the... Uh, uh, wait, he's not still with the development of his well, his physical, and and he has to work a, a lot more to to be to have a chance to first play first division because yes, there are kids and they play against kids also because you watch him play, uh, score three goals against Germany, eight goals in the entire World Cup, it's and you not say like Sergio Aguero, who at that same age was making adults yes. look like they never played football before yes. uh, in the in the top flight. Um, but no, I, I think he's going to come into the team next year. I think that, first of all, you know, one of the number of players who has down points are currently standing in his way are bound to move on because it's Argentine football and if you're playing halfway decent, then at some point a foreign club's going to come in for you and River have been playing halfway decent from what in, I hear. In fact, the Liga... When's Liga de la Cruz going to get his opportunity? That is well, <laughs> the burning question. At some point he has to get an offer from at least Brazil or Mexico or somewhere. Portugal, I don't know. Like, um, but then, Portugal always wants something. But then happy. the other thing is, right, that from River's point of view, we were just talking about the social side of things, right? And one of the things that I remember being told when I went to interview a couple of people at River several years ago now um, was that the men's professional football team at River the income that River get from them basically subsidises every other division in, in River. I think it was the tennis division is mm. the only other division that actually pays for itself right. because I guess people who play tennis tend to be a bit better off and could just could afford to pay their membership fees and like or whatever. Or, and they produce, I think, Gabriela Sabatini, for example, came through River's tennis programme or something like that. Um, so like the tennis division pays for itself. The men's professional football uh, team subsidizes what is needed to support every other social and sporting project at River. Um, and so, to an extent, they have to think of the bottom line there when you get a talent like him through. And there might be some degree to which they're thinking, well, you know what, maybe we need to move one player on to give Echeverri a chance in the side because then we can sell him for more money. And the other thing is, yeah. next year they're going to be, the first half of next year, they've got Libertadores group stage and 
Again, don't know whether it's Copa de la Liga or Liga Profesional, but they're going to have fixture congestion. There's no reason they're, they're going to need to rotate at some point. So I think he's going to get more, more playing time. Just on the financial side that you mentioned, I think earlier this week they said that they posted, uh, was it 50 million US 50 million dollars, yes, profit. Oh, profit. Um, wow. so, and um, they have invested a lot of money to uh, improve their stadium, uh, but what they did, and I think it was smart, and with Jorge Brito, who is a banker, knows a lot of our finances is that uh, to please first uh, to uh, get the incomes of the for example the the paddocks and the uh, the more more expensive stands to then build the, the other parts of the stadium or to improve them so that they have genuine money and fresh money from their incomes to reinvest it so Right, yeah, they're not in the cheap part first, yes. which doesn't bring as much money in, and then struggling to pay. I yeah. I was just curious as to how much all of those Taylor Swift concerts contributed to that fifty million, but maybe that's not included. Well, there in was a, financials. I think it was fifteen million dollars. The the money that we were will uh, get in total for all of the concerts. I think I don't know if this year and the other, uh, next year, next year. Okay, right? fair enough. million. Yes. Five zero. Five zero? Yeah. Fifty. Fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen Quince. million dollars. Quince or cinquenta? Quince. Quince. Fifteen. One five. Okay. One five million. Wow, that's still, even you know, by Argentine standards, that is a lot of money. Um, we have had no other listeners' questions. I don't know whether there's any point in playing separate theme music for Mystic Sam this week. Nah, um, it just jumps right into it, I reckon. How did, how did Mystic Sam get on last week? Mm, we don't. Oh, I don't know. No. Okay. But we never check. Oh, it's something we do. You used to t- keep tallies on me. T- it's too much effort to check. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Huracan beating Platense <coughs> and Godoy Cruz beating Banfield. I think that. Do we know what the. It's, it's going to be straight to penalty if it's a draw after 90 minutes, right? Up to the final, yes. yes. The final okay. will be extra time. So I think. River will beat Belgrano, and I think Racing Central will go to penalties. <sighs> and with then do the we know what the pun? With the winner being? Of a penalty shootout. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Right. Yeah, come for, on. I'll go for Racing to win the shootout. There we go. There's uh, Mystic Sam. Do we know when the semis are going to be? We had this conversation before we started. I asked before. you, and um, let's have a look. Hmm. Because if waiting. they're going to be next midweek, then I'll try predicting them as well. But While we're waiting, something completely unrelated. Um, some good goals from um, some young, uh, from some sons of former Argentinian national players this week in the Champions League. Simeone scored, Paz scored a great goal for Real Madrid. So, yeah, both in the 1998 Argentinian World Cup squad and both were on target this week in the UEFA Champions League. Didn't see either of us. The Paz goal was really good for Real Madrid. I didn't see the Simeone goal. Um, so it finishes on the 16th of December, apparently. That's in two. That's two weeks tomorrow. So, so presumably the semis are going to be next weekend. Then, and then they've got yes. the finals. Second night. So, so I won't predict the semis. Yes, the final has to be before the 28th, second, because that day will be the Trofeo de Campeones. Oh wow, well, they're, they're going straight into that. Sam, before we end, Chris. Um, it was last weekend, but 
what were your thoughts on the Alejandro Garnacho goal for Manchester United last weekend? Well, he's, he's scored another one since, so I could say which. Yes, but the, for the, the one against Everton was goal of well, the it's Puskas. Gonna, uh, it's it's going to win the Puskas, right? Yeah. It has to. It, it was no, ridiculous. It was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. It's a shame it was in the third minute and not the 93rd, I guess. But, you know, I'll take it in the third minute. I'll, I'll accept that. It's fine. Um, yeah, very good. Um, on that note, thank you very much for listening. And goodbye for now from English Dan. Goodbye. Chris. Goodbye. Andres. Goodbye, thank you. And me, thank you, and goodbye. Goodbye.